Doctor. This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. Counterfeit commandments, counterfeit morality, welcome to a world in which government becomes God. I welcome you to Viewpoint today. I'm Chuck Chrismeyer's conversation with ever-increasing conviction. As always, talk that transforms. And today again, is no exception. We don't attempt here to follow the or regurgitate the discussions of the day, the various media around the country and around the world. Rather, we're looking for those things that help us as followers of Christ to become more understanding and knowledgeable about the real, the deeper issues that we're confronted with and how to look at some of these other issues that nobody seems to really grasp the significance of other than to talk and to regurgitate and to completely be enmeshed in governmental and political talk. There's nothing wrong with talking about political talk in and of itself, But by itself, it goes almost nowhere. It's just information, just news. But on this program, we do our best to try to focus on that information that is susceptible of being used to bring transformation into our lives. In other words, information that when properly applied with the understanding of the Bible, the Scriptures, can bring about a different view and transformation in our lives to strengthen us, to uh, make us strong in the Lord and the power of his might, that we might be able to stand in the evil day and having done all to stand, to stand. Well, today on Viewpoint is no exception. And we're going to be taking a look at what happens when government becomes God. What does that look like? When government becomes God, believe it or not, a Jewish talk show host, uh, rather well-known, has actually said that you and I are going to be made to celebrate that which government demands. It's not what God demands. We're not celebrating what God requires, what the Creator requires. We're actually going to be made to celebrate what government requires. And there are very many extensions of that that uh, we're seeing before us even this very week here uh, in America and around the world. So with the announcement even of the release, you might think it's strange, but uh, the release of Brittany Griner from a Russian prison in exchange for a Russian arms dealer, Victor Bout. The Biden administration deemed a renowned a renowned lesbian athlete to be of greater value than a Marine who has been held in Russia for four years now. It was more important to swap out a celebrated athlete who was a renowned gay black woman. That's correct. You heard it correctly. 
So Raja freed the WNBA star Brittany Griner today in a high-profile prisoner exchange, and the U.S. released a notorious Russian arms dealer, Victor Bout, but failed to win the freedom for another American, Paul Whelan, who has been jailed for nearly four years. What's going on here? How can we explain this? I think the motivation is clear. The motivation is that Joe Biden has dedicated himself to the perverse. He's dedicated himself to form and carry out a government edict that will purvey perversion to the exclusion of all other. And so he has celebrated and done everything he could to advance the cause of homosexuality, of transgenderism. And so he appointed, he appointed a doctor, Dr. Rachel Levine, who is a man who identifies as a woman. He tried to enlist children's doctors and nurses. This Dr. Levine, the man who identifies as a woman, tried to enlist children's doctors and nurses into the transgender activist movement, urging them to become evangelists and preach the gospel of transgenderism. Anything less, she said, or he said, would be a betrayal of the doctor's profession and science itself. Really? Joe Biden is not doing anything whatsoever or anyone in his administration to put the kibosh on this particular person. Rather, he, she, was appointed specifically to advance the cause of transgenderism. Something contrary to creation. Something contrary to the creative order of the God who made and preserved us a nation. So it appears that there is a God factor that is now motivating at least Joe Biden in his administration, and certainly previously Barack Obama, who did everything he could to hide from the name Jesus Christ, but to allow his name to be exalted as Messiah. You may think I'm kidding. I am not kidding. If you have not read my book, Antichrist, How to Identify the Coming Imposter, you have missed several pages of identification and quotes in which Barack Obama was labeled as Messiah. In fact, Der Spiegel magazine had its cover story there in Germany with the picture of Barack Obama and the words, the Messiah factor over it. All over the world, there is this elevation of a counterfeit God movement that exchanges the commandments of God for the commandments of men under a godless government that does not fear God but wants you to fear government. Now, I'm trying to distill some things very quickly here so that you can grasp, perhaps, the greater picture of where we're going here today on Viewpoint. This Dr. Levine, Levine, a man who identifies as a woman and appointed by Joe Biden, as a transgender, said that opposition to the treatment 
that he, she is promoting with regard to hormone treatments, drugs to delay puberty, and surgeries to remove healthy body parts, anything that is in opposition to this treatment represents a hateful attack on science and compassion, she said, one that all good doctors must condemn as damnable heresy. I want you to listen to these words, damnable heresy. In other words, this transgender man slash woman appointed by Bill by by uh, uh, Joe Biden is actually actually using the words of the Bible in order to condemn that which the Bible would advance and promote that which God hates. Consider it for a moment. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. What happens when government becomes God? Indeed, government is in the position of becoming God, declaring itself virtually as having God attributes and God power and God responsibilities to provide all of your needs according to their riches and glory, according to government mandates and the taxation system. When an appointee, a transgender appointee by Joe Biden, claims that the refusal of doctors to assist people in carrying out transgender feelings through drugs and surgery and accuses them of damnable heresy, you know that government has stepped into godhood. And that's where we are. Here is a question that I have. You can answer this for yourself. A number of years ago, the famous pollster, George Gallup, gave a speech in which he declared that the black community in America was the most religious, and what he meant by that was basically Christian in the country. Now, if that's true, even in a significant way, how is it then that by far the majority of black America voted for a man who has dedicated himself to oppose everything that God stands for, to oppose God as the creator, to oppose God in his authority to establish moral and righteous living on this planet as people made in his image. How did they vote for such a man? 
How did they vote for those who he was purporting to represent in a midterm election? How did they do that? There's something dramatically wrong with our moral and spiritual thinking in America. Dramatically wrong. And here's what's wrong. What's wrong is the expectation, the fleshly expectation, that government will serve us in the place of God. While claiming to believe in God, claiming to believe in salvation by God, the reality is salvation is looked to to government. Not to God, but to government. And whatever we have to do, even ignoring all of God's commandments concerning righteous living, concerning putting our trust in him, we would rather put our trust in government, shift our trust to government, even if the government is corrupt, even if it is unrighteous, even if it is in shaking its fist in the very face of the creator with artificial and counterfeit commandments, we'll still vote for that person. We'll still vote for that group of people. Can you begin to see what's wrong here in America? We like to sing God bless America. You don't hear that too much anymore. We like to sing the star-spangled banner where the second stanza says, that uh, God, when we when we put ourselves under God's authority and power, His smile will be faced upon, will be upon us. All of these national songs, they're not being sung anymore. Why? Because we've abandoned the fear of the Lord, and now are purposely fearing government. When you trust government, you fear government. The more you trust government, the more you fear government. And government is made up of men and women, humankind. So when we refuse to trust God and shift our trust to government, we are actually shifting our trust to a false Messiah, a man or a woman or a collection of men or women that want to serve and truly do want to serve as your redeemer, your high tower, your shelter in the time of storm, your provider, your healer. They want to be your everything. That's the trajectory of godless government. So when we talk or have talked uh, historically about limited government, what that really means is limiting government to its God-given role. Government is not using its God-given role anymore. It's usurped the role of God for itself. And we, the people, have assisted it. We, the people, have actually assisted the government in usurping the role of God.
Do you see how we've done that? And it's happened over the past, say, uh, 50 years. We've been watching it happen. And it's not a mystery as to what has been happening. We just don't identify it for what it is. And even conservatives step in and try to look for a government savior. If we could only get this person, if we could only get that person, then we could save ourselves. No, we can't save ourselves, friends. Yes, we should try to find the best possible people that we can whose uh, viewpoints are consistent with God and his word. We should do that and who are capable. But we cannot put our trust there. As the scripture says, it is better to trust the Lord than to put confidence in men. It is better to trust the Lord than to put confidence in princes and potentates and politicians and, yes, even popes and pastors. Now, what we're seeing is at every level, government is using, actually using counterfeit commandments in order to compel you and me, we the people, to do its bidding. They're using the sexual arena as their premier uh, avenue. The second avenue they're using is the climate. Those are the two avenues that are they're using to gain dominion and control of your trust that you will rest confidently and comfortably in the womb and uh, holy arm of government. But that's exactly the problem that the children of Israel found themselves in in Egypt. At first, things seemed to work out okay. Jacob takes his the, the children of Israel into Egypt during a famine. Joseph is led by God into Egypt to bring deliverance to the people. But then there arose a pharaoh or a king who knew not Joseph. That's the problem. The problem isn't there can't be a godly king or a godly president. It's that the likelihood of such a person truly, truly sold out to the kingdom of God is slim to nil. In fact, they would never be elected in this country. Would they? So what do we do? We elect compromised people. People are mealy mouth. People who don't say what they mean and don't mean what they say. Who lie through their teeth, who deceive, who compromise, and then will engage in cancel culture to force you to do its will. An interesting story just came out concerning... Kirk Cameron, he was a very popular young actor, and he is a a true, genuine follower of Christ. And he's promoting a book, The Homeschooling Awakening. The Homeschooling Awakening. And indeed, there is a homeschooling awakening. 
It began in the 1970s. Wasn't very popular then, but it's become more popular because of what government has been doing to try to destroy the family and destroy legitimate education and replace it with government-authorized, ungodly commandments, particularly concerning sexualization and the climate. So, Kirk Cameron did what many across the country are doing, and he went to the libraries, both public and in schools, and they frequently used the argument to support the promotion of offensive books, you know, from pornography to transgender advocating works. They say they don't want to censor speech. So... Kirk Cameron went to these libraries, public public, uh, libraries and schools, and he wanted to present to them for permission to hold a story hour for children based upon his new book for children. Every single one of the libraries and schools rejected him. Every one of them. Why did they do that? They did that under the authority of a quasi-government role. He got not one single approval from 50-plus public libraries, and the publisher told him that their story hour slot for the actor uh, for his new faith-based kids' book just didn't align with their ideology. Oh, so government there is to promote its ideology. It's not to protect you. It's to indoctrinate you and your children. Are you understanding what government does now? The more you allow, the more we allow government to become our surrogate God the more it usurps that role, takes it, and runs with it. And if you give it an inch, it'll take a mile. The same thing happened with Kirk Cameron's sister. We talked about, I believe it was yesterday. Her name is Candace Cameron Bure. She's an actress. For years, she was with... uh, Hallmark, and their movies, very prominent. But when Hallmark decided to go along with the government commandments and begin to introduce homosexual and lesbian activity into their otherwise wholesome movies, Candace Cameron Bure, as a genuine Christian wanting to do God's will through the arts, decided, this is not right. I can't do this. But how many people succumbed because they wanted to be have a job and they wanted to be part of Hallmark? So Hallmark then used a quasi-government type of action to say, you either go along with the new agenda of homosexuality and transgenderism and so on that we want to incorporate into our movies 
or you have whatever choice you want to make. In other words, you can leave. So Candace Cameron Bure left. So did Bill Abbott, a Hallmark executive, and formed a new company called America, Great American Family, or GAC. If you wanted to uh, go on the television, you go to GAC. So Candace Cameron Bure says, the biggest theme that's most important to me is the theme of God in our lives and the Christian faith, not this ungodly stuff that's being promoted. You see, some people are willing to stand against the spirit of Egypt that's invading our land, but most are not. We'll be right back. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. Saveus.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at saveus.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, saveus.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, saveus.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archive. Save America Ministries website at saveus.org. Always a delight to join you here on Viewpoint to talk about the things that matter most. That matter most from God's viewpoint. And that ultimately is the only viewpoint that really matters, isn't it? We need to make that decision. Because if that isn't the viewpoint that totally takes your dominion in your mind and your heart, you have to question whether you truly are a Christian. Because Jesus said that the most important thing to do was to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then everything else would be added unto you. Because God is a father, and he wants to provide he wants to protect. He wants to make sure that you are treated properly because he is God and his reputation is on the line. But Pharaoh, in the days of Moses, had a different view. He said, when Moses said, let my people go, He said, who is the Lord that I should obey his voice? That's the spirit of government, friends. That's the spirit of godless government today. And it's becoming more and more intense. Who is the Lord that I should obey his voice? Joe Biden is saying that with every decision that he makes. Who is the Lord that I should obey his voice? As he makes choices over and over and over again, to go against the word, will, and ways of God as expressed in the Bible. He's become notorious for this. It doesn't matter that he claims to be a wonderful Catholic. It means nothing. Words are cheap. And what we're talking about here is not primarily political. 
we see the symptoms of the spiritual in the political, in the economic, in the crime, in all of these other issues, the social issues. We see the symptoms of the spiritual rebellion there, where we, like Pharaoh of old, are saying, who is the Lord, that I should obey his voice. Years ago, the Lord really began to open his word to me concerning this matter of Egypt, the spirit of Egypt. And I don't have time to go into all of it here. We talked about it before on Viewpoint, but let me just share this. Over 400 times from Genesis to Revelation, the words out of Egypt or similar words can be found. It is the most repeated theme in the Bible. Period. The most repeated theme in the Bible. There's something about the spirit of Egypt that was despicable to the mind and heart of God. And ultimately, it was that the people put their trust in godless government and a Pharaoh who, like Antichrist to come, said, who is the Lord that I should obey his voice? God says, no, I'm not going to allow my people to continue to be under that kind of rulership. So ultimately, I wrote a book called Out of Egypt, a prophetic call to the end time church. My wife thinks it's the greatest book I've ever written. It's as pertinent at this moment, as it was the days, the day I wrote it, in fact, more pertinent. And I want to make it available to you here today on Viewpoint. If God considered coming out of Egypt, the spirit of Egypt, so critical, so important, don't you think we should? Abraham, the father of the faith, had to come out of Egypt before Israel ever went into Egypt. Did you know that? Moses had to come out of Egypt. It took God 40 years to get enough Egypt out of Moses to make him useful in his kingdom. He sent him back in to Egypt to take out his son, his adopted son, Israel. It took God 40 years to get enough Egypt out of the children of Israel, even after he took them out with a mighty hand, took him 40 years to get enough Egypt out of them to allow just two adults who had left, who had Uh, exited Egypt into the promised land. That's how serious this problem is. Only two got into the promised land. That is two adults, 20 years, over 20 years of age. God is not going to allow into his promised land people who have cast their burden and put their trust in godless government. In the pharaohs of our day, and there is a Pharaoh who is coming. His, his designation is called Antichrist. He's coming soon. That's why I wrote the book Antichrist. How to identify the coming imposter. He's coming soon. I want to make available to you, though, the, the book Out of Egypt today. You can go ahead and get the book Antichrist. on our website. 
You can get the book uh, Messiah, $22, on our website. But today I'm, I'm pointing out particularly the book Out of Egypt because it goes to the issue of our trust. That's what God is after. And what Satan is after in this hour more than ever is to shift your trust from God to govern to man through his government. And ultimately, Satan will cause that shift to government to be transferred to a single person who will, in essence, be the incarnation of Satan himself called the Antichrist. That's why it's so important for us to understand this, friends, and get it into our hearts. Out of Egypt. $15. We'll put it in your hands. It's on our website, saveus.org. It's worth far more than that, but $15 is what is there for you. I hope you'll avail yourself of it. Don't try to read it all in one night, but read it. And allow the Holy Spirit to speak into your heart. A man at the post office told me that uh, his uh, father had gotten a copy of the book in San Francisco. That he had read it seven times because it was so loaded. Out of Egypt. $15 on our website, saveus.org. You can give us a call, 1-800-SAVE-USA. Or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. Now, considering Satan and how he works and how he's working in our time, we'll get a load of this. Satan's foreshadowing is again in view as he's preparing an equally rebellious people of this earth for his continuing intention to usurp the throne of God. And here, I want to share with you a few things real quickly. A group of religious leaders held a ceremony in the Sinai Peninsula to call on the world to pay more attention to the environment by smashing a pair of tablets on the ground earlier that week. In other words, emulating what Moses did at Mount Sinai. In an initiative called the Sinai Climate Partnership, the Interfaith Center for Sustainable Development, the Elijah Interfaith Institute, the Peace Department, the United Nations Faith for Earth Initiative, and the Israeli Environmental Advocacy Organization took part in the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change which was taking place in the Sinai Peninsula, uh, Peninsula in Sharm el-Sheikh in Egypt. Oh, but faith leaders took an alternative approach, seeking a faith-based solution to the ecological crisis by promoting the Ten Principles for Climate Justice in a global initiative. Toward that end, they held a sunrise ceremony, you know, like... Uh, a sunrise service at Easter, they held a sunrise ceremony at the summit of Jabal uh, Musa, a mountain in the southern Sinai Peninsula that, according to some traditions, is the site where Moses received the Ten Commandments. Notice, it's all about the mandates of government, global government. It's all about the climate. 
A symbolic delegation of five members ascended and was joined by several participants. Uh, the, the group read from a new draft of their 10 Principles for Climate Repentance. Notice, notice the taking of the word from the Bible and using it for a completely counterfeit commandment. The Ten Principles for Climate Repentance, composed of dozens of multi-faith leaders meeting in London over the week. The Spiritual Ecological Partnership smashes tablets on Mount Sinai, claiming broken promises. Wow. Friends, this is how government, including global government now, is usurping the role of God, usurping the principles of Scripture, the symbolisms of the Bible, and now importing them onto their own godless agendas to manipulate the people through fear so as to inaugurate a counterfeit Savior or Messiah in the New World Order. It's, it's unbelievable. And it's happening right in front of our eyes. Everywhere you look. The collegefix.com had this article. Professor trained in Soviet Union says U.S. universities are becoming totalitarian. Contemporary American university life resembles education under the USSR, a Soviet emigre professor wrote on November 28th. She left the Soviet uh, Union, became a chemist at the University of Southern California in 1991, right after the collapse of the Berlin Wall. She thought I would never again experience an atmosphere of ideological control, the omnipresence of ideology, policing of speech and thought, suppression of dissent, fear, self-censorship, but it's here. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. It's time for professing Christians to come out of Egypt. God took the children of Israel out of Egypt, about two and a half to three million of them. Of those two and a half to three million, 600,000 
were men of accountable age. And not one of them, after God worked them over for 40 years to try to get their attention to leave the spirit of Egypt, not one of them was allowed into the promised land except for Joshua and Caleb. In other words, five thousand five hundred ninety-nine thousand nine hundred and ninety-eight children of Israel, heirs according to the promise, descendants of Abraham, were not allowed by God, the Creator, into his promised land because they refused to trust him and wanted to go back to the spirit of Egypt and trust Pharaoh. And that's what American Christians are wanting to do today. God's primary concern and emphasis is not to the spirit of the world, friends. The spirit of the world, Jesus himself said in John chapter 3, right by John 3.16, he said, but the pagans are condemned already because they have not received the salvation that was offered to them. They do not want to truly trust God. They do not want to put their trust in Christ. They want to put their trust everywhere but Christ. So Jesus says they're condemned already. That's why God's warnings and wooings are to professing believers. That's his warmest audience. You and I are his warmest audience. And what are we doing with it? Resisting it. You have no idea, friends, the ex- the the extent of the resistance to truly trusting God among professing Christians today. And I'm talking even evangelical Christians. I'm talking about even so-called strong believers, you say. Yes. Mm-hmm. Among their pastors. They just don't want to walk that way. They want to be part of the world and have a lot of the accoutrements of the world's belief system and claim just enough faith to try to get them into the pearly gates. Sorry to have to put it that way. I've been doing this a long time. I grew up at the church. My father was a pastor. I've pastored now for well over 30 years and, uh, not just doing this radio program, but working with other pastors, working uh, in so many, many different realms. I tell you the truth. God's got a tough job on his hands. His own children are rejecting him as father. Oh, they want Jesus as a savior, but they don't want God as father. Hmm? That's why they reject the Old Testament. So here's a professor. She's not even talking in spiritual terms. She's talking about the symptoms of the spiritual breakdown. She's from the Soviet Union. She's been a professor in California, a chemist. She thought, I would never again experience an atmosphere of ideological control, omnipresence of ideology, policing of speech and thought, suppression of dissent, compelled speech, fear, and self-censorship, we wrote. 
She says, what I'm seeing in contemporary American universities reminds me repeatedly of the years I spent in the Soviet regime. Self-censorship and fear, pervasive ideology, intolerance of dissent, top-down social engineering. In other words, government taking dominion and then setting up the stage so that you dare not resist. You must, must, must submit. You've got to submit to Pharaoh. You've got to submit ultimately to the one world government. And then finally, ultimately, to Satan's ultimate counterfeit savior, the Antichrist himself. She says, in a totalitarian system, that is, where government rules, ideology pervades everything. In the USSR, everything and everyone was scrutinized through the lens of Marxist-Leninist ideology, she wrote. The the universities analyzed every topic, literature, history, fashion, science, religion, in terms of class struggle between oppressors and oppressed. Isn't that exactly what's happening in our universities, friends? Now, I want to shift as we wrap up here today to an article by Ben Shapiro. I do not know that Jen Shapiro is a Christian. I think he's a Jewish man, quite frankly. Uh, But he writes an article called, You Will Be Made to Celebrate. Made to Celebrate. He said, in March of 2013, I wrote and made a prediction that within the next few months, Justice Anthony Kennedy would likely rule that same-sex marriage is mandated by the Constitution of the United States. States that would be forced to recognize same-sex marriages, same-sex marriage would enter the public school lexicon, religious institutions would be forced to recognize same-sex marriages or lose their tax-exempt status. Religious Americans would be forced into violating their beliefs or facing legal consequences by the government. Does that not sound, friends, like uh, government totalitarianism? He says... Congress now is poised to pass a bill, in fact, just did, by the way, that would sanctify same-sex marriage. That same bill essentially argues that opposing same-sex marriage is akin to opposing interracial marriage as an act of bigotry. Meanwhile, the Supreme Court considers whether to force a religious web designer to make a website celebrating a same-sex marriage. Notice the continued force an incursion of government to uh, replace your godly life. No freedom. He writes that the legal obliteration of the distinction between governmental and private activity was only one prong of this new societal remolding The second was the philosophical obliteration of the distinction between immutable or unchangeable characteristics and behavior itself. So rejecting moral disapproval of particular behavior means destroying the basis for any moral system, he writes. Yet that is what the law does when it likens race to sexual orientation philosophically. These twin attacks 
on traditional American society, visitation, uh, vitiation of the distinction between private and public and elimination of the distinction between innate characteristics and behavior are predicates to tyranny. Now, I want to get to what he really says here. The new secular system sets up government as a new God, determining right and wrong, cramming it down on every subject. So you'll be forced to celebrate the behaviors of others. You'll be treated as a bigot if you do not, or worse. On the other hand, as Joe Biden has just done, if you're a practicing lesbian or homosexual, open, and an athlete, you'll get special treatment by the government as opposed to someone who's not practicing deviant behavior. You'll be released from Russia. They'll even, we'll even bring you back and give Russia a notorious criminal like Belarabus in order to protect transgenderism, homosexuality, the government's new commandments. Are you shaking your head yet? All right. You say, well, what do you want us to do? Friends, implicit in all of this, God is saying, you return to me and I'll return to you. He's not chasing you down. God over and over says, you return to me and I'll return to you. He's crying out to us, even through this program today, even through the interview that I did earlier out of Florida concerning our book, Messiah. He's pleading with his people, please come out of Egypt. Please do not succumb to the spirit of Egypt. Please do not adopt this mentality of who is the Lord that I should obey his voice. No, I want you to become obedient as a demonstration of my of your love for me and my love for you. I'm God, don't you understand? Why do you keep trusting government and its mandates? Why are you looking to government to provide all your needs? You want government to be your healer. You want government to be your savior. You want government to be your your hope, your shelter in the time of storm. To be your special private Santa Claus. No. God says, come out of that, my people. Come out of that spirit, my people. That's also the spirit of Babylon. Over 400 times, from Genesis to Revelation, the words out of Egypt or similar words can be found. It's the most repeated theme in the Bible. And it's coming to a head right now. That spirit of Egypt, you need to understand it because we've been fornicating with the spirit of Egypt for a very long time. And it's getting more intense. God is a jealous God. He doesn't want us fornicating with the spirit of Egypt. So here's the book. 
out of Egypt. $15 will put it in your hands. It's on our website, saveus.org, saveus.org. Give us a call, 1-800-SAVE-USA. Write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. If you're writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. And here's, here's what I will represent to you. As you read this book, and you read it maybe a chapter a day, maybe a few sections a day in one chapter, and you meditate on it, you ask the Lord to reveal it to you, I can guarantee you that what is going to happen is you're going to have a massive spiritual aha moment, maybe over and over again. And it's going to dawn on you in ways perhaps you never even thought or considered what God is really looking for in our lives. Here's what the Apostle Paul said about that in 1 Corinthians 10. He said, those things happened to Israel in that day, coming out of Egypt, all of that, and not making the promised land. He said, those things happened to them for our example unto whom the ends of the world are come. Therefore, take heed that what happened to them does not happen to you. Okay? This is the moment of testing. This is the moment that you and I are being tested. Where will we put our trust? If you don't resolve that issue... In reality, not just theoretically, but in reality, now. As global government moves into position, which is doing rapidly. As the Great Reset moves forward and the Antichrist begins to move into motion, it will be beyond your ability to resist at that point. You will succumb. Because you're completely enraptured with the spirit of Egypt and a false trust. Thanks for joining us, friends. Become a partner. Send your gifts by faith. I trust that you will to save America Ministries. Do it today. God bless and be a blessing. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.